0: Hi guys, thanks for joining me. If you're still here, how you doing? It's almost a new year. It's episode 15. Yes, episode 15 of What Even Is This Place? Today's case is one of my worst fears, probably my biggest fear, actually. I've covered a similar case in the past, but it definitely doesn't end up being what I assumed it to be when I first heard of it. So without giving too much away, let's dive right in. In 2019, a family of four moved into a suburb in Hawaii from the mainland. The house seemed ordinary and quaint at first, but quickly became a setting of a horror movie. This suburb was fairly new and was very similar to housing suburbs in in the mainland from where they were used to. It wasn't a typical Hawaiian neighborhood. So to paint a picture, imagine your average cul-de-sac neighborhood, two-story houses with awnings, white picket fences, neighbors pretty close together and all looking basically the same. A year prior, Brittany and James Campbell were wed at the famous chapel in Vegas by a classic Elvis imitator and seemed to be the couple's exact style. Their relationship was fun, loving, and spontaneous. Brittany was said to be energetic, bubbly, very outgoing, while James was opposite. He was quiet, analytical, and introverted. So the classic case of opposites attracting. They had actually dated two decades prior and then they reconnected. So they met in high school. By the time they had reconnected, James was a single father of two sons and Brittany really wanted to be a mother. So naturally it all worked out. Soon after the wedding, the family had moved to Honolulu, Hawaii due to James being transferred for his work in the military. They settled right in and began their new life together. In June of 2019, Brittany had her first strange experience, not long after the family had moved in. She went to retrieve something from the garage in the middle of the day when she saw all of the boxes that had yet to be unpacked, was knocked over, and sifted through. The objects were set in strange piles and arrangements. She ran to get her husband. And they decided to check for anything missing, assuming that this was a burglary. Their most valuable items were still in the garage and in the boxes. So, they asked their sons if they had anything to do with the mess in the garage, who both denied having anything to do with it. James was very dismissive, but Brittany couldn't seem to shake the eerie feeling. The family went on as normal, but Brittany still held on to this feeling. About a week after the garage incident, Brittany was home alone, and she hears the front door slam shut as she's upstairs doing her makeup. She pauses the YouTube video she's watching, and then calls out for anybody who may be home as she tries to rationalize all the reasons. Again, something felt very off to her. She began investigating and made her way down the stairs with a lump in her stomach. As she's yelling out, but still no one. She opens the front door, and to her surprise, James's car wasn't there. Her heart sank and she began to lock all the doors and windows with her heart pounding. And she went back into her room, very shaken. Brittany decided to bring it up to James later that evening, who tries to calm her down by stating, quote, it was probably the wind, which, oh my God, we all know how that goes. So freaking frustrating. Honestly, I think men are more scared of unexplainable things happening than women are. So that's why they completely just disassociate and dismiss it. Anyways, so he was very dismissive. The two began fighting about it and went to bed angry after a day of bickering. Brittany suddenly woke up in the middle of the night for seemingly no reason. Then hears the sound of a door opening and shutting and is immediately alarmed. She held her breath and starts listening again. She hears another door open and then shut. She frantically wakes up James who acts very annoyed and told him what was going on. At this point, he still doesn't believe her. So Brittany decided to go investigate it herself. She quietly began to walk down the hallway and scan the room in the pitch black. When she got to the bottom of the stairs, what she saw made her heart stop. The front door was wide open right after James had explained that he had locked it. She goes to check on the kids, sort of relieved at this point because she tells herself that it must be them. But she finds them both fast asleep. Brittany made her way back up to the stairs to tell her husband. He's still being dismissive and basically is making her feel extremely crazy. In the middle of his sentence, they both hear the sliding glass door slam open and then slam shut. He tells her, tells her to wait there. After he investigates, he comes back up and he is still blaming the wind. So naturally, this makes Brittany really furious. For the next few weeks, the couple is on edge and kind of distant. Brittany continued to obsess over these incidents, but nothing further had happened. It wasn't until something would happen to James without Brittany around that he would start to accept that his wife had been had some truth for what she had been saying, had some truth for weeks. It was in the middle of the day. He began to play his piano. He started feeling this uncomfortable feeling of being watched. He scans the room and noticed a dark figure near the window of the curtain. It seems to be on the outside of the house. He watches as a shadow runs from the window to seemingly nowhere. He immediately goes outside. He looks around the house and sees nothing. This really shook him up and decided to talk to his wife and finally admit there was indeed a problem. To get out of the house for a bit and distract them, the family decided to go see a movie and Brittany wanted to bring a specific blanket that they all liked to cuddle with on the couch when they watched TV. But, after looking everywhere, it was seemingly missing, so they continued, and they left the house. When they came back, the blanket was neatly folded and laying on the couch. The whole family looked for that blanket and knew it wasn't there before. Night after night, the doors continued to be heard opening and shutting, Jaws, and other sounds that continued to terrify the family. The dog would start barkingly, barking randomly in the middle of the night and throughout the day, and the whole family felt like they were being watched constantly. They decided they needed a real break, and what would be best would be to fly back to the mainland and stay with some family for a while. On September 20th, they flew back to Honolulu. The couple hoped that whatever was going on had stopped. As they began driving down their road, they could see from the end of the street, James's bike laying in the middle of the grass of their lawn. They both already knew they did not leave the bike out. As James had opened the garage door, as he was pulling into the driveway, the whole family sees a horrible sight of all their belongings completely trashed, ruined, destroyed, just basically strewn about everywhere. Things were ripped. It was a mess. As James made his way in, yielding a sledgehammer, he found their home in literal shambles, just like the garage. But noticing right away, he noticed the uh, piles. Remember the piles, the strange piles from the beginning of the story in their first incident? So gone in this whole mess, in this like tornado disaster looking type mess, there's neatly stacked piles of, of objects and things. Then he noticed something even more creepy. All around the living room and in the kitchen were medical vials and drugs. Like, um, you know, those little glass bottles of when you go to the doctor, what they put vaccines in, things like that. As he made his way up the stairs, he saw the same scene. But his boys' rooms were in perfect condition, even better than how they left it. With perfectly made neat beds and all their stuff organized and tidy. When he made his way into the master bedroom, he saw a mess, but on his bed lay a perfectly laid towel. On top of it, knives, scalpels, and tools of some kind. Right next to that was the family's laptop. By then, Brittany had made her way up, and they tapped a key on the laptop to illuminate the screen, and up pops this long Word document, which was titled, quote, The Omnimore Trials, a rehabilitation for rat like people. The entire document was an observation diary. As they read on, it was clearly about the Campbell family. It had detailed extremely intimate things, like from what they watched on TV, what they ate, what the couple fought about, all the way to their problems about them trying to conceive. The author referenced Brittany as a creature and stated that she should not reproduce. By this diary of horrors, the author of this by the end of this diary of horrors, excuse me, the author of this document had came to the conclusion that he or she would need to perform various surgeries with a detailed list of tools, types of surgeries, and the drugs that would be used during his experiment. They both retreated down to the stairs. James walks to the front door, and as he puts the key into the door, so imagine he Goes back through the garage. He's walking out now outside the house, going around to the front door. As he's putting his key into the door, Brittany's calling the police. But as James is opening the door, it works, the key works, but there's a resistance. As James is pressing the door as hard as he can, he can barely get the door to crack. And as he does so, he looks through the crack and he is met with a pair of eyes. From behind the door, this figure says, this is not your house, and the figure tries to close the door, but James smashes the door open and grabs this man out of his house and throws him to the lawn while threatening him not to go anywhere. This man was named Ezekiel Zayas, who was 23 at the time. He just stared at James without blinking the entire time until the police arrived. He was arrested without incident. After further investigation, it appeared that months earlier, Ezekiel had found a way to sneak in and out of the property and was living there, and continued to do so even after the Campbells moved in. He began living in the crawl spaces. The fact that they decided really saved their life. I feel like this man most definitely would have carried out these so-called experiments. I did find the document online, and I clearly can't read it all because, well, it's 490 pages long. Um if you want if you're interested, it is available online. You just have to google the Omnivore Trials. I read the first few pages and I'll tell you right now, it makes me want to crawl out of my freaking skin. I can't imagine what the family went through. Oh, and to make it worse, apparently there's a term for what he called and it's called frogging. P H R O G G I N G which that in itself is horrific. I didn't freaking know this was an actual phenomenon. Like, oh, just gives me the chills. I don't know why out of everything unusual and creepy about this world, the idea of someone living in my wall scares the absolute shit out of me. But come to think of it, I think I'll blame the movie The People Under the Stairs uh, traumatizing if you're a 90s kid. or I think it was created in the eighties. I don't, I don't even want to look it up because that's that movie scared the shit out of me. Uh, why I was allowed to watch that. I have no idea. <laughs> it sums up my childhood. Anyways, if you have an attic or a basement or a crawl space, check that out before assuming it's something paranormal. Cause apparently I was looking online and this does happen to people. So just be vigilant. You don't have to live in fear, but I mean, just be fucking aware. I know I would, my first thought is like something paranormal, but after reading all these incidents, I think that I will take my chances, go up there with my freaking gun. And luckily I don't have a basement, but I do have an attic. It'd probably be a little harder to crawl into, I would think. And crawl spaces, like, it just something so creepy about that. I know that I was, I was thinking like, why do we need crawl spaces anyways, you know? I mean, I guess to fix pipes and maintenance and stuff in your home, but still, it's so scary. Um, I do remember this time when I used to live with my aunt. I was gone out of, I think, a boyfriend's house or a friend's house, something. And she called me and she was home alone. And she asked if I had just came home and then left out the front door. And I told her, no, this is exact. I thought of this instantly when I was reading this story because uh, like what if Ugh! what if there was something someone living there but also that house was haunted like my my grandparents lived there it wasn't a bad haunting but there was some weird things that happened I had later lived in that house as an adult I rented it from her anyways so I I don't really know about that instance but that house was haunted so anyways I hope it wasn't someone living in our fucking walls um, I will say when I had first heard this story, like as I was listening, my first thought was it, it was a haunting. It was a poltergeist. I did not expect this twist in the story. But again, thank God the Campbells listened to whatever that nudge was to go on vacation at that time. I believe in guides, angels, intuition, whatever you want to call it. Um, That voice that's in us, just listen to it. Thank goodness they left and they were okay. I mean, somewhat okay, I'm sure. I couldn't find anything about how they're doing now, but I bet it would take forever to like sleep alone, especially the kids like, oh, so scary. After Ezekiel was arrested, though, um, something happened. He was awaiting trial during that time. He had beat his cellmate to death. He had been he had been being held in a state hospital shortly after that incident to be evaluated to see if he was fit to stand trial for the murder. And as of September 20th, 2022, which, uh, as I was reading earlier, I just made the connection. Um, they had returned home right on September 20th, a few years earlier, it was 2019 or maybe 2020 by then. So that's really eerie and interesting that his, um, as of September 20th, he was found to sit same dates is what I'm getting at. Um, but two years later, he was found to fit to, and to stand trial, but the charges, he wasn't charged for what he did to the fam- Campbell family, as far as I could tell. I couldn't really find any updates if he was ever held accountable for that. But I did find that he was arrested for, quote, burglary charges initially, which, what, I can't verify if that source is accurate, though. I don't actually know. I couldn't find court documents of what he was actually charged with when he was arrested um, at the Campbell's home. So while Ezekiel was on his arraignment for the murder of his cellmate, Van Grace, that was held on September 21st. It's a sad and separate case, but I did want to talk about it for a second. Vance Grace was to be released due to COVID-19 restrictions at the time. He was being held in quarantine for a little bit longer. He was held in a cell with two other prisoners in in Oahu Community Correctional Center. Vance was a veteran of the Marine Corps and served in Iraq and Afghanistan. According to court records, Ezekiel and another inmate had beat Vance to death, and the guards who wanted to remain anonymous had reported a, quote, delayed and confusing response to the attack, end quote. The officers were said to not immediately be able to intervene due to a key to the cell not working properly. It's said that one of the inmates used a fail-safe mechanism, which I had to look that up. That just means causing a piece of machinery or other mechanism to revert to a safe condition in the event of a breakdown or malfunction. From inside the cell, the cellmate was able to help the staff unlock it. Finally, they were able to get out, but the door had locked again, leaving before they could retrieve Vance Grace, who was left to suffer and eventually succumb to his injuries while staff waited for a locksmith. So that whole story sounds really weird. I can just imagine, like, why didn't the door slam on freaking Ezekiel or the other guy, like, as they were trying to get out? It just, I don't, I don't know. Something about it doesn't make sense to me. Either way, the family of Grace is now suing the state, to which I say I do not blame them. Um, Sounds like a lot of fuckery went on, down to the fact that he was being held for extra days He was, he was supposed to be getting out. They had planned a celebration for him back in the mainland and everything. So he was held a little longer due to COVID-19. I'm, I'm guessing, I couldn't find the exact detail, but I'm going to guess that they were maybe waiting for results that he was not positive for COVID, but I don't know. It just seems super weird and fucked up. Um, although it appears as of now, Ezekiel never really served any time or was sentenced for anything that had to do with the Campbell's for terrorizing the Campbell's um he has been charged with the murder of Vance Grace and will spend the rest of his life behind bars I couldn't find if he was eligible for parole but if I see anything or if you guys see anything let me know it's my guess that if he was truly arrested for burglary he probably would have been back out on the streets by now Um, if he hadn't committed the murder while he was awaiting the trial date for the initial arrest, who knows where he would be right now or what else he was capable of or who else he may have terrorized. It's a scary thought because this man was clearly very disturbed and unhinged. And that's going to be it for me today. Um, I've been wanting to get to this case. I've been patiently waiting for any updates. I, I gave you what I saw. I gave you what I got. Um, thanks so much for listening and sorry if this scared you as much as it did me, but after all, you are here for some weird shit, right? Till next time, catch you on the flip side.